Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. I do want to. I want to preach to you this morning, just a, a really practical message on on strengthening other people with our words. How many of you know our words have power? Our words mean something, right? This week, I had the opportunity. Gil and I had the opportunity to to be in the room with with uh, Scott Wilson, who uh, is the was the pastor at the Oaks Church outside of Dallas, where where Amber's actually going to go to college there at the Oaks, and then also Dr. Sam Chand. Dr. Sam Chand is a is an immigrant to the United States. Grew up in India, came to the, the United States in 1973. And lived as a homeless man because he could not get immigration status in order to work in the U.S. And literally uh, lived behind a grocery store because grocery stores throw away a lot of food. <laughs> and he lived behind a grocery store and ate out of the dumpster. And uh, he is now a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. But more importantly than that, he has led a, an incredible movement of people turning their hearts toward Jesus over the years. He's pastored churches. He's a great leader. He's an author. If you've never read a Sam Chan book or if you want to listen to Dr. Chan, he is an incredibly hilarious human being. He's about this tall. He weighs about a buck fifty when he's got all the clothes he owns on. You know what I'm saying? He's a little bitty guy, and he is so funny, and he's so insightful, and he's so raw. How many of you know, us Americans, we tend to sugarcoat everything. Dr. Chan doesn't sugarcoat anything. He'll ask you a question and he'll say, I don't, I don't think you've thought through the answer. Say it again. <laughs> Dr. Chan, I thought, I, I thought through it as well as I know how. Well, you're going to need to do some more thinking. He just, he's a lovely man. You know what I'm saying? And everyone loves him. It was an incredible experience, and uh, we, we uh, thank you for allowing us the, the privilege of doing that. Super, super good stuff. And one thing that I, one thing that I always appreciate about, about Scott Wilson in particular, who was there as well, um, Scott, if you've never been around Scott, and Scott, Scott's going to come someday, okay? Scott's going to be with us one of these days, but Scott is one of these guys that literally, if you're in the room with him, you feel like you're the only one in the room, right? He can encourage you in a way that few human beings I've ever seen anywhere were able to encourage like him. And when we met for dinner the night, the night we got there, we met down at, 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 the, at the restaurant there in the hotel, and Scott, we're walking through the lobby, and Scott's like, Derek and Gail Owen, you know, he's just over the top, you know, and he, he, he'll, he'll just grab me by the shoulders and say, you're a man of God, what's going on in your world, you know, and he's just, he's just in your face, I mean, he's just an incredible guy over the top, and it's just, it was so meaningful to me that the very first thing that Dr. Chan said the next morning is he, he introduced Scott and he introduced what we were going to do, and he said, before we go on any further, he said, I just want to say, I have never been around anyone in my life that is encouraging as Scott Wilson. And I had just told Gail that walking to the conference room. And I said, isn't it something? I want to be that guy. Like, I want to be a person who just encourages people. How many of you want to be that? How many of you have a person like that in your life? You've known people like that in your life. 
where they just exude, they're just encouraging. When you're around them, you have more courage. That's what encouraging is. You, you leave with more courage. I just want to be that kind of person. So I came home, and I decided that that was what I was going to preach on. Me and Jesus, we, we had a conversation, and so that's where I'm going. I'm going to talk about strengthening each other with our words. Uh, uh, James chapter 3, verse 5 describes both sides of the words that come out of our mouth because there, there, there's, there's the encouraging side, and then there's the detrimental side. How many of you know that? And I'll just tell you, I am more naturally driven to kind of that side. Some of you know that about me. <laughs> Some of you know that about you. You know that about others. And I, I want us to really pay attention today. James 3, 5 says in your notes, A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Right? Or destroy it. Come on, somebody. Right? Nitroglycerin can do you a lot of good, or it can blow up bridges. It's up to you. It's how you treat it, right? Circle the words no account there. Accomplish nearly anything. That's the positive side. That's the positive side of it that it can accomplish. But it says, or destroy it, which is the negative, which is the reaction to the negative side of our words. So you've got the accomplish anything side. That's the tool to build others up, to encourage them, to inspire them, to, to, to not, not, to just, not to just blow them up. You know what I'm saying? Not to just give them the big head, but to actually encourage them. There's a difference between encouragement and flattery. Right? Flattery's just, it's just flowery language. It literally, it means nothing. It's, it's when people talk about others and they say all sorts of things about them that aren't true. Right? If you've ever been around a person that was just a sourpuss all the time. Right? And somebody comes along and says, aren't they wonderful? And you're like, have you even met them? They're horrible. They're a terrible person. Come on. Right? There's a big difference. Right? And, 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 and so we've, if, we've gonna, if we're going to accomplish some things, if we're going to accomplish some things with our words, we want to be truthful. So you can find something truthful to say about anybody. Right now, I want you to come up with something truthful to say about the person sitting next to you. Okay? Just, just whisper it to them. Some of you, your shoes are clean. Right? You match today. That's awesome. There's power in the words that we say. Right? How about this? How about this? You are guilty. There's power there. Right? You're acquitted. How about this one? I do. It's different than I thought I did. Right? Also circle the words no account in that passage of Scripture. The Scripture really says that we typically don't give much thought to our words. I would guess none of us woke up this morning when the alarm went off 
and instantly thought, today I'm going to use my words to build people up. I doubt that was your first thought today. Right? Why? We, we don't think that way. And, and we don't give much thought to the words that we use. So my goal today is in the message is not, it, it, would, it would not only to be to give you more thought to the words that you're using, but to encourage you that there's power in those words that will go far beyond you saying them. Right? But and you would you would you would take some action steps today to really encourage people because in your life you have been given an incredible gift of relationships with people all around you. You have a platform in that relationship in order to encourage, inspire, walk us walk alongside and help them. Come on, everybody. Move from where they are to where God has for them to go. Move and advance in their life. But, but if we don't use what God has given us, there is a chance that not only us or them will fulfill all that God has for us. I, 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 it drives me crazy when people say, well, well, you know, I felt like I really needed this. I just couldn't at the time. So I know God will just bring someone else by to do it. Well, that's great. But what if you were the one? Come on. Right? So I, I, I found some humorous examples to illustrate the power of words. This is some letters that have been written to schools. And when the word is, is, is misused, it changes the whole meaning. How many of you know this? A parent wrote this. My son is under doctor's care and should not take PE today. Please execute him. That's a rough start, right? Or this one. Please excuse Mary for being absent. She was sick and I had her shot. Just the meaning of one word, right? Well, well, those are kind of funny. The Bible says the words are directed at another person. What they do is they bring life or death. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Words kill and words give life. They're either poison or their fruit, you choose. You choose, right? And the words that come out of our mouth are our responsibility. I'm going to say that again because some of you don't believe that. The words that come out of your mouth are your responsibility, right? We're not forced to say them, right? They're ours. Let let us look what the Bible says is, is poison and what the Bible says is fruit. According to the word of God, poison brings what? It brings destruction. It brings death. It brings harm along the way. Some of these passages are very graphic. Poison words abuse. That's what they do. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 6. Bad words are like a dark cave of abuse. It like, it like keeps people back. It holds them hostage. It, it deceives. They stab. They, they destroy. Proverbs 12, 18. Careless words stab like a sword. Right? They crush the spirit of a person. They destroy. They cause grief. And, and to those of us who, and I'm talking about all of us here, okay, who, who we sometimes use these poison words, the Bible says it's foolish 
So when we, when we choose to use that kind of language, God calls us fools. Right? And, and I, I could think of a lot better things for God to think of me as than a fool. Right? Foolish words bring destruction. The Bible says fruitful words bring life. That's what they do. Proverbs 15, verse 4, kind words heal and help. Good words bring satisfaction and reward. Good words keep you from trouble. Another translation says good words save you from grief. And they're beautiful. Good words are beautiful. I love a good encouraging word. It's a beautiful thing. The key word here in the Bible, it calls, it calls this person wise. A person who does this is wise. A wise person, it uses good words that bring life to everyone around them. They bring life. How do we take this from the pages of Scripture and implement it into our life? What do we do? Well, let's just start by being kind. Right? Let's start by encouraging each other. Let's start by finding some things about one another that we can encourage each other with, right? And not be gloom and doom, right? I'm, I'm tired of COVID. How many of you are tired of COVID? I'm sick of hearing about COVID. Tired of hearing about the effects of COVID. So I'm just, ugh. right? Hey, why don't we do this? Let's not talk about COVID, Yeah? Let's move on. You don't have to be trapped there. And remember, it's up to you. I, 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 I should have preached a, a sermon, a preamble to this sermon about the power of our thoughts because they won't even be words until we allow them to resonate in our mind. Right? So let's, let's, let's be sure that we're thinking correctly because when we start formulating thought that actually comes out of our mouth, you realize that you, you use way more words in here than you do in here. Right? So let's think about this in the context of that as well. It's not just what comes out of your mouth. Now, what comes out of your mouth, you have to be held accountable to because it's going to affect the lives of other people. Right? You are leading other people. Well, I don't want to lead other people. Too bad. You don't get that choice. You know, buy an island. Move out there. Don't have any Amazon drop delivery. Come on. If you want to live that way, go for it. But that's not how you're currently living. So you're, you are connected. You do. It does matter what you say. And it matters what you think even before what you say. And it's important that we understand that the word of God says that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that what we say, how it has an impact on the people around us, we're going to lead them to life or death. So it matters what we say. It matters how we live. So, so how do we take this and put it into the practice of our life? I, I think if you were to look at a list of words that most everyone in here would, would use, we, we would use fruitful words or we would use uh, words that give life. But I, I, if I, I want to personalize it a little bit here. And if, if you look at those descriptions, I want you to think about a, signific, 
a very significant relationship that you have in your life. It might be a spouse, might be a friend, it might be a, a co-worker, it might be a relative of some, someone, a, just a very significant relationship. If you can think about that one person and if they add value to your life or not, probably has it hinges on whether or not they're an encouraging person. And instantly you think of the encouragers and the top three most discouraging people. Right? It's crucial to the health of any relationship because that relationship is going to be, if it's going to be significant, it needs encouragement. It needs to be built up. We need to consistently be reminded that we matter. Listen to me. You matter. Today matters in your life. What you do today matters. What you think today matters. What, what you experience today, it matters. You need to take care of that. And no one can take care of you like you. I know it's not possible. We, we just, you know what? You just give all of you to everyone else. Don't, don't worry about you ever. Listen, if you're no good for you, you can't be good for other people. Right? You need to be healthy. You need to be strong. Come on. And you need to be built up. Mm-hmm. So we've got to take this from the pages of Scripture and understand what God has continually said to us, about us, for us, through us, all through the Word of God has, has to do with He's building us up, yes, so that we can do that for other people. Because you, we matter. You matter. And, and I know that we live in a day and age where people want to downplay that and just they want to be super spiritual and weird. And tell you all the time that, you know, you just sacrifice everything and God will take care of you. Well, <laughs> go all the way back to the first book of the scripture and God says, hey, one day a week you need some rest. Right? Why was he saying that? Yes, so that you could take care of you. Right? So that you could turn your attention to who? Not to you, but to him. We, our attention is on ourselves all the rest of the week. But on a Sabbath, whatever your Sabbath is, Sunday's not my Sabbath. I'm working. Okay? But it's important that we understand that we have to put our attention upon Him. The, the words that we derive from Scripture, the words that we hear from God in prayer, the prophetic into our life, that God is speaking to us, that we, we are encouraged in, in our faith, it's like a vitamin that we get, right? How many of you know your body needs vitamins that it doesn't get from itself? It, it, you have to receive them from outside sources, right? You can't manufacture those things, but we take it from the outside. Encouragement's the same way. Now, all through Scripture, David, you, you, hear, you, you, you look at the, the life of David, it says that David encouraged himself in the Lord, Okay? So you, you, have to, you have to have a relationship with God. But again, that is outside of himself. He's getting that from who? His relationship with God. So we desperately need that encouragement, yet we can't manufacture it on our own. First Thessalonians says this, encourage each other and give each other strength. 
That's what encouragement is. It's to give you courage, to lend you courage, to give you strength, to make you stronger than you were. And I think all of us, we can remember back into a a particular spot in our life where someone was so encouraging to us, it literally changed the dynamic of the situation that we were in because we were able to step forward in a different manner than we were before, right? So it's empowering. What what I want you to hear is, is that when we're talking about encouragement, I'm not talking about being nice. Are you with me? Nice is good. I like nice. Nice is better than not nice. Not, you know, mean encouragement's not really encouraging. Right? I had a lady come up to me and, and tell me that I'm a pretty nice person. It's like, you say hi to everybody and you're just really nice and you smile sometimes pretty often. That, that's not encouragement. Right? That's just being friendly. Encouragement is that I am choosing and using words that strengthen. I didn't put this in your notes, but I'd write it down. Encouragement is specific. Hey, I saw what you did right there in that conversation. That was awesome. Encouragement is specific. Can I give you a tool? This is going to sound like, and this is, it's almost like cheating. So cheat. I asked Scott the other day, walking back to the conference room from the bathroom. If you want to hang out with somebody, you'll wait outside the bathroom to walk back with them. You know what I mean? I said, how do you do it? What do you mean? Like, when we came in, you you knew specifics about our lives. You knew specifics about everyone in the room. How do you do it? He's like, I take notes. What do you mean you take notes? He's like, yeah, your name's in my phone, and I have a list of things that I know about you. That's brilliant. You know why that's brilliant? Because you may not feel like you have a very close relationship with a person, and all of a sudden, in, in public or in private, they're asking you, he's asking me about Gail. He's asking me about my broken leg. He's asking me, about, how'd your knee surgery go? You doing rehab? How's it going? Well, know about it. How's the church doing? What's happening here? What's happening there? He knew details that I didn't tell him. Come on. And some of those things he discussed with me privately, some of those things he called out in a public space. We're eating dinner, and he's, he's down the table, but he's having a private conversation with me in front of people, and what is it doing? It's building us up. It's encouraging us. You guys, <laughs> this, listen, this is one thing he said. He said, you guys got to understand. We, we, were, we were some of the younger people in the room. Okay? He was like, Derek and Gail been in their city 
21 years. Small town, incredible ministry, church impacting the entire area. He's like, it's, it's awesome what they're doing. And I'm just like, shut up, Scott, you know. But it also, it feels good at the same time. Come on. It's encouraging. Also, you know, you know what I find? I find my insecurities rise to the top real quick when I'm getting public accolades. And that is just insecurity. It's pride. You'd say, no, 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 pride's the other direction. No, no, no. Pride can be just as much false humility as it is the other way. Come on. It's being specific. It's encouraging. It's choosing the right words that give life. So just a, a tip that's not in your notes, okay? And I haven't even got to all the notes yet. Not even close. But can I just, can I just tell you something? Maybe you have a hard time remembering names, details about a person. Write it down. Most of you have a phone in your pocket all the time with the ability to put notes on it. Write it down. Be it, well, that, that, that just seems like, it seems crude. Well, it, it, how about you don't be encouraging and see what that gets you? Come on. We have an opportunity to give life or poison. And, and by the way, I think it's pretty poison-inducing to know a person for a lot, a lot of time and not really have anything to say to them. Yes? How, how, how do we become wise? How, do, how does that happen? How do we speak words that, that give life to others? I, I want to I use... The, the word words is an acronym this morning. In your notes, write this down. The, the letter W, encouraging people work. They work on their hearts. Jesus is speaking in Matthew chapter 12, and he says good people have good things in their hearts, so they say good things, right? You can't squeeze out of a person something that they don't believe, right? But, every, but evil, have, evil people have evil in their hearts, so they say evil things, right? You know, I just, oh, it just came out. It came out because it's in. Okay? And by the way, look, look at me. Let, me. let me defuse something. It's in all of us. Okay? I get cut off in traffic. I, too, sometimes have the first thought of giving that person the peace sign with only one finger. Okay? It's in all of us. Some of you were like, oh, it's not in me. Okay, we'll talk to your mom or your spouse or your best friend. I really believe that encouraging people are maturing people. They're maturing people. I would, I would take it a step further. One of the signs of spiritual maturity is based on the words that come out of our mouth. I think a sign of that is spiritual maturity are people who use good words, words that give life. Right? Thoughtful words. Thought out, right? At the end of the day, if you were to take a tally of all the words you said, I've got critical words here, I've got encouraging words here, which list is longer? It's kind of how you're doing in your spiritual maturity, right? 
How, how many of you have known those people that are, they, they consider themselves very spiritually mature. They don't have a friend on the planet other than the Holy Spirit. And I think most of the time he doesn't want to be around them either. Right? I, I know that for me in my life, the words I use in my ability to communicate is directly related to the time that I spend with God. And with God on their behalf. It is really difficult to be critical and harsh toward a person that you're praying for. Um, so I've got to work on my heart if the good things are going to come out of my mouth. I think it's probably the same way with you, right? My time with God is really, it's directly related, okay, to the words that I'm using. The letter O in your notes, write this down. Encouraging people overcome obstacles. They overcome obstacles. Some of you have had a different, difficult time encouraging others. You say, well, it might be easy for you, but you don't know what I'm walking through. You don't know what I'm going through. Listen, we all have obstacles. All of us. All of us have obstacles, things that keep us from being people of encouragement, right? Right? Sam, Sam Chan, he, he could be very critical, if he wanted to, of the United States. He was not given a very good welcome when he got here in 1973, right? No one would help him. No one would help him through the immigration status. He's literally eating out of the dumpster. That's not a good welcome. But you know what he says all the time? This country's been amazing to me. Wow. Right? How many of you know you and I sometimes have the propensity to uh, be kind of critical of this country? Yes? I've had to repent over that in the last few weeks specifically. Encouraging people overcome obstacles, right? I'll just tell you guys, in this fire relief effort, all we got were no's. Thirsty firemen without water. Can we bring pallets of water to them? Nope, you're not an approved vendor. We haven't cleared you through Homeland Security. Well, get to clearing, sweetheart, because I'm bringing some water. Come on. You've got to overcome some obstacles. So you get on the phone with senators. You knock on whatever doors you need to knock on. Why? To provide some things that people need on the other side of the bureaucracy. Hello? You just got to do what you got to. Well, there's an obstacle there. Well, that must mean God doesn't want us there. Well, that's not what God means. Lightweight, move out of the way. Right? Can you imagine the Israelites getting to the Red Sea? Oh, this is a bummer. I guess we're going back to, to Egypt. What, right? Walking around the walls of Jericho. Come on. Three is enough, isn't it? No. You got you to gotta overcome. Be an overcoming person. That in itself is hugely encouraging to the people around you. It's life changing. 
I mean, you didn't know how to do that, but then you accomplished it? Yeah. Well, how'd you do it? I really don't even know at this point, but I'm here. Right? For guys, sometimes we have a, a difficult time encouraging other men. Right? We have a hard time with it. So when you see a lot of guys together, when, when guys meet each other, they, they hit each other on the arm and grunt. It's kind of a, I love you and bro code. Right? The double tap on the back. <laughs> others, others have said, I'd really like to encourage this person, but they, they've already got a big head enough. Right? They've, they, they've, listen, <laughs> they're just going to become egotistical. Let me explain something to you. Real, real people with ego problems, okay, are not people who have been encouraged too much. More than, more than that, most of the time, they're, they're people, people with really big egos are overcompensating for feelings of low self-esteem and inadequacy. So they, 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 they walk into a room like with this machismo all over them, right? Right? They smell. You can smell them. And it, it's not a good smell. Come on. Right? This was the guy in school that talked a lot, but when it time to throw some chingasos, they were gone. Smile at me. People, don't, people who don't overcome their obstacles become basement people, not, not the other way around. I, I wanna, I wanna, I, I've said this before, but there's, there's, there's kind of two different kinds of people. There's, there's basement people who live below everything. There's balcony people who see past some things and encourage you along the way. Okay? We've got enough people living in basements. We've got enough people living in basements, right? Criticizing everything, not knowing the details. We need people who've overcome some obstacles, who are balcony people, and they live their life in the balcony, overlooking a lot of the, the parade, okay? And they, they can see what other people are doing. They, they call things out of them. They encourage them. They inspire them. They, encur- they see beyond where they currently are and love them to the next spot. Those are leaders, right? And if you ever find a person that's a leader that's not encouraging, they won't lead long. Are you a basement person or a balcony person? Either, either way, I encourage you, identify your obstacle. What is it? What is the obstacles that are holding you back? What keeps you from being the person of encouragement that you want to be? 2 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul's talking about a weakness he had. He prayed to God and, and, and to, to kind of to kind of get rid of this weakness. He said, God, he said, God told me, Paul, my grace is enough for you. Stop worrying about it. My grace is enough. When you're weak, my power is made perfect in your life. Right? What God is saying is, Paul. Tell me your weakness, because when you're weak, that's where I'll shine. 
That's where I'll show off. Then Paul changes his tune. He says this. He says, now I'm very happy to brag about my weaknesses. Right? Then Christ's power can live in me because when I'm weak, then he is truly strong. He's now truly, why? Because I, I, I don't have to own all of it. I can say, hey, in this area, I'm, I'm kind of weak. But God, God's really good, and I'm with him. So because of that, we're going to do okay. Right? The letter R in your notes. Write this down. An encouraging person responds slowly. Responds slowly. You might word the, write the word react to the word out beside the word respond. I think react is a negative term because when I react, I tend to say things that I later regret. But when I respond, I'm able to weigh, weigh my words, right? Reacting is kind of flying off the handle in the moment. How many of you have a propensity to kind of react a little bit sometimes? If you want to see some people react, start paying attention in restaurants, Particularly fast food. Okay? And, and here's what I found. The cheaper the menu, the more obnoxious the people feel like they, they can res- respond or react. I'll just tell you, I've been in very, very, very few extremely nice restaurants where people just twist it off. Because when the steak's 160 bucks, normally they get the steak right. Hello? But if you're frustrated because your fries ain't warm, you do know it's a $7 meal. Right? You intentionally set the standard pretty low when you drove into the parking lot. Come on. So, if we respond, we wait. We gather more information. We respond accordingly, yes? If we react, what do we do? We just mow everybody over. Because they should have. Come on. When we wait, we tend to choose better words. How many many of you... uh, Growing up, you don't have to raise your hand if, if you don't feel like it, but how many of you were spanked? By the way, we know. It shows. How many of you were spanked with a belt? I'll just tell you, I was spanked with a belt. If you have a problem with that, talk to Big George. He's in there with kids right now, your kids. I hope they're behaving. I hope they're behaving. No, we don't spank children around here. We want to sometimes, but we don't. Here, here, here's something that was, I've learned a lot from my mom and dad. My, my mom, if I could convince, if, if my dad went around, if I, all I had to do was get my mom to laugh. And the punishment was over. Discipline was over. And I could always get my mom to laugh. Right? I could catch the belt. <laughs> I could, a number of things. I could do anything. But my dad, he, he, this was fascinating to me. For years, I had no idea why he was doing this. But he would always say, go get, go get a belt out of my closet. 
here's what blew my mind. I'm like, what's wrong with the belt around your waist? <laughs> you know what Big George was doing? He wasn't reacting. He was responding. He wanted me to think about it. And it gave him time to do so also. Hello? Come on. Let me tell you something. If, if you slap me and I hit you in the face, that's a reaction. Right? You should be very sorry that that happened. I said that right. I tell my kids all the time, if you get in a fight, you better throw the first punch. Because here's the deal. If it comes to that, I don't want you to, res- I don't want you to react. But if it comes time for you to respond, you better do so accordingly. So if you hit me and I hit you back, I'm really sorry you did that. But if I hit you, you really had it coming. (laughs) Smile at me, because I've thought it through. Listen to me. I've weighed the cost, and it was still worth it. Think about that. I I, I know that's kind of crude, but that's a great description of the difference between reaction and response. It's important that we learn to respond. Come on, everybody. Right? My dad knew that the longer I, it took for me to receive the discipline that I needed, the more I would think about it. Now, age appropriate, obviously. Look at what Proverbs 15 says. A gentle response diffuses anger. You can respond gently. It doesn't say a reaction. A gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles the temper fire. It kindles it. It pours fuel on the fire. Let me, let, me, let me tell you my obstacle. My obstacle is anger. If I'm typically, I'm typically not an angry person, okay? If I'm typically an encur- a fairly encouraging person, actually, but, but I cannot encourage people if I have conflict or anger with them. I'll just tell you right now, it is super hard for me to encourage you if I am mad at you. Because anger is something that just wipes my encouragement out. It all leaves. If I'm mad, I wonder what kind of creep I am. You know what I'm saying? Proverbs 21, watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. That's what scripture says. Words hurt. We forgive and we forget the people, but we don't forget the words that that they use. We will forget, but we won't forget the words. Right? Why? Because they hurt. They mark us. Words hurt. We forgive and we forget, but we don't forget. Once a poisonous word has been spoken, listen, it it is. That's why we have therapists. (laughs) You know? I I can recall recall words from teachers and classmates when I was in the third, fourth, fifth grade. That seems crazy. It's fact. It's very true. Listen, there, there is no doubt I would rather get hit in the face than deal with critical words. Especially about my family. 
on my church. Things that I love. Come on, church. Words hurt. The letter D. The fourth action step is that, that encouraging people who strengthen their words with, with their words. They detect. They detect. They detect opportunities. They catch people doing things right. It's the Pastor Scott thing. They write them down. They live in the balcony and they're able to live, live their life from that vantage point. They become detectives. Okay, they're, they're looking for things to encourage other people with. In 2001, a little book was written by Ken Blanchard. He wrote the, the book, The One Minute Manager. And uh, this guy's become a multimillionaire because of it. Speaks all over the world. But he, here's the thesis. Catch people doing things right and tell them about it. Changes their life. Changes your business. It changes the, where you serve, where you, where, whatever. By the way, that's not managerial. That's biblical. Hebrews 3, verse 13, encourage each other every day while it's still today. Don't wait till tomorrow to encourage them. You may not have tomorrow with them. Encourage them right now. Listen, an encourager not only detects opportunities, but they create opportunities. They create them. I want to suggest that some of you, not only do you need to detect it, but you need to create some encouraging opportunities. Set people up for success. I told you a few weeks ago, back when I was trying to teach Amber and the, the boys to, how, to, how to hit a ball, right? What, what did I do? I would pitch to where the, I knew the bat was going to be. Hello? When you're, when you're throwing a, a ball to a kid and that you're trying to get them to catch it, you, you, you want them to put the glove where they're going to have it, and then you throw the ball to it. Well, that's kind of cheating. Don't you want to make them chase it? Well, they don't have the ability to chase it. Don't be that dad. Hello? Don't be that parent. Don't be that parent that says, well, if it was good enough for me, don't you want better for them? If you don't want better for them, how about this? Don't have more kids because you're not fit for parenthood. If you want it softer, there's plenty of other churches. Smile at me. I love you. Okay? Is that encouraging enough? Okay, just, just checking. Create, create, detect opportunities, create them, and then watch the environment grow. Watch it grow. It's not going to happen every day. It's not going to happen in a week. You've got to create an opportunity. You've got to create an environment. A, a long time for that environment to happen. It's going to take that. The, the, the letter S, encouraging people who strengthen others with their words, they seek God's wisdom. If wise people speak words that give life, then we ought to ask God for wisdom. Right? Proverbs 2 says, cry out for wisdom and beg for understanding. Search for it like silver. Hunt for it like hidden Treasure, underline these, these next five words. Only the Lord gives wisdom. There's a lot of people walking through life think they can find wisdom outside God leading them to it. It's never happened once. Wisdom and education are very different. Come on. Education's good as long as it doesn't change. Wisdom's good forever. 
ask God for wisdom, Philippians 2.13, for God is at work within you, helping you to want to obey him, then helping you do what he wants you to do. Encouragers, seek God's wisdom. God, I can't do that. I don't have the words on my own. I need your wisdom. I don't have the eyes of my own. I need your eyes. They ask for it. We should ask for what God has for us. Seek his wisdom. Imagine with me for a minute that you're, you guys can come by the way. Imagine that you're by your front door, you walk out of every day. There's a giant, when I say big, I mean taller than you, stack of $100 bills. Both sides of the door. Every day you walk past those, you walk out right out the sidewalk of your house. There's no grass in your yard. It's all dirt. And you go down the street, and there's a beautiful manicured lawn. And you think, boy, it would be nice to have grass like that. If I, but it's just so expensive. Right? And then you, 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 get, you drive past that lawn, and you go past this restaurant, and you're like, oh, I'd love, I would love to eat in that restaurant. But it's just so expensive. When the entire time you have it within your grasp to accomplish all of those things. Now, it sounds ridiculous until we think about that that's what we do with our lives, right? We have a wealth within our words that's waiting to be spent on those that we value and those that we would love to see move from here to here. Move from here to here. Yet real often, what do we do? Oh, man, I see so much potential in them. We never tell them that. We never look them in the eye and say, hey, listen, and I'm seeing some things in you that I don't think you've seen. I'm seeing some forward progress in you that I don't think anyone maybe is seeing, but I'm seeing some stuff. I want to point some things out so that when you see it, you can pay attention to some movers, some markers in your life that God's taking you from where you were to where you are right now. And I want you to understand that the Word of God says that once He starts something, He will be faithful to complete it. So you're here, you're here now, but you were there, you recognize this. But now you see that you're here. But look where you're going. Look, the, look at the track that you're on. Look at the road ahead for you. I just want to encourage you. I just want to, I just want to tell you, I'm rooting you on. I, I'm a fan of yours, right? I'm praying for you. Look, I got your name written down. You just encourage them. Just love them. If you want to love people well, you've got to be an encourager. Come on, church. Moms and dads, listen. There's some of us in here that are in a transitionary time in our family's lives. Start crying. <laughs> Didn't mean to.
There's a lot of things I'm sure Gail and I have done wrong in parenting. I'm sure, I'm sure of it. Aren't you? But I, I think I think one thing that we've we haven't been perfect at all. I think we've encouraged quite a bit. You know how I know? It's because they're so encouraging to each other. They're encouraging to other people. about you, but I just, the older I get, the more I've paid attention. And it's the people that have encouraged me along the life track that I'm on. strength, or, or I, I believe it's the strength of the Lord that comes through them when they're encouraging to move forward, to go to that next place. Come on, everybody. something in him that no one else saw. And in Acts chapter 3, what happens? We see Peter stepping out and preaching. 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus. And suddenly the one that got the encouragement that he needed, come on, changed the world. We're sitting in church today as a result of that moment. life that needs to hear the encouragement that God has to share with them through your lips through your words I know we're commanded we're literally commanded to encourage one another we're challenged to encourage one another God modeled it in his encouragement to us he said, I love you so much that he sent Jesus to live and to die for us. He, he proved himself. Come on, everybody. I wonder, what are we doing? What are we doing to encourage each other? To bring people from all around us, it may be our kids, it may be our, our spouse, it, it doesn't, whoever it is, friends. If, how are we going to bring them forward? and encourage them to take next steps. I, I think sometimes we overthink it and we underdo it. We're not just paying we're just not paying attention to what the details are in their life. Be specific. Encourage them. Be those detectives. When you see them doing something right, talk to them. Right? 
When's the last time you wrote somebody a little note and you just said, you know what? Killing it, doing awesome. Thanks for being you. Right? I'm glad you're no one but you. Because you're amazing. What can you do, even today, even this week, that encourages somebody? Can I pray for you? Let's bow our heads all over this room. Thank you, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for the pages of Scripture that lead us and direct us and challenge us. You prove to us from Genesis to Revelation that this is who you are. You're a God of encouragement and care because you truly love us. It's not lip service. It's not flattery. It's that, God, you chose to love in the way that you have you literally fill our lives with the encouragement to move forward so God I pray I pray for every single person in this room today that we just not hear the word but we do the word that we accomplish what you set out to do in us God all over this place we're thankful How many of you right now, you're thankful for what God has done in your life? Can you, the rest of the day, can I I just encourage you to do something? Would you encourage God to continue to work in your life in the way that he's already begun? God, just do more of what you started in me. God, I know I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. You know exactly how imperfect I am, but God, so much better than I was. Thank you for your help. All over the room. Holy Spirit, give us names of people, faces of people that we can just look them in the eye and encourage them. Bless them. God, you want to, in their lives, literally lift them up. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.